Hello, and welcome to Women of Responsibility, the Christmas special, 24 days in the book of Luke. Hello, friends, and welcome to day nine of 24 days in Luke. Today, we welcome girlfriend co-host Sarah Alexander. Let's go say hello. Hello. Welcome, Sarah. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm so glad that you're here with us today. Um, It's been a while since we've seen each other, and we don't live very far from one another either, but it's so good to hear your voice. (laughs) Oh, it's good to hear you too. We haven't seen very many people this year at all. Anyways, we have vulnerable people in our house, so we have had to um, stay home more than most people. Yeah, same here, same here. So, so our other girlfriends listening can get to know you a little better. Tell us about yourself. Okay, sure. Um, I'm a homeschool mom. I love the Lord. Um, uh, we were a foster family for 10 years, and um, there's not much more interesting about me, I don't think. Well, <laughs> I'm you're a pretty a, normal person. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're an excellent photographer. You've taken lots of pictures of my kids and a lot of the homeschool kids in this area, in our area. Oh, yes. Thank you. Yes. And what's the name of your company? Uh, it is Seven Million Wonders Photography. Yeah, so that's pretty interesting. It's a beautiful gift that you have. Yeah, it's one that really just, um, I just enjoy it so much. You know, I get to go out, take pictures of people, create beautiful things, or really just take pictures of beautiful things that God has already created. Amen. Yeah. Okay, so since this is our Christmas special, can you share with us one of your Christmas traditions? Yeah, yeah. Our favorite Christmas tradition is using the Jesse tree. And we have a Jesse tree that came from uh, people in Indonesia. There are, there's a group of ladies there that come and work for a missionary. And they are, they're not Christian ladies that, and as they're making the ornaments for this Jesse tree, they are hearing the gospel message. They're hearing all the prophecy about um, the birth of Christ. And so this missionary lady is employing them and also telling them the gospel at the same time as they're making these beautiful Jesse tree um, ornaments and producing this uh, a Bible study that goes along with it for to be sent you know, overseas for our families so we can learn these things too. Wow, that's beautiful. I don't think I've ever seen a Jesse tree. We'll have to post a picture of that on our page. There's all different kinds of Jesse trees, but basically what you're doing is putting an ornament. It's like a daily, um, it's every day you're going through the word and you're putting an ornament on a tree of some sort and then just having your mind focused on Jesus for the month. That's beautiful. So kind of like an Advent type of activity too. 
Yes, absolutely. Okay, perfect. So we're kind of doing that right now, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Cool. All right. So Sarah, thank you so much for sharing that beautiful tradition with us. Will you open us today in prayer? Absolutely. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we are so grateful to you. We're so grateful that you hear us. We're so grateful that you've sent your son to earth as a baby and that he grew into a man sinless and then paid our sin debt. Father, we thank you so much for that. Turn our hearts towards you, God, and use this season to remind us daily um, and in a fresh way how how much you love us, how, how, remind us how thankful and grateful we can be about this special gift of your son. And Father, we just thank you for your word. And I ask that today as we're listening to the word that you are um, helping us to be undistracted and able to hear and understand. Father, may we, um, may your word pierce our hearts, pierce our souls, and, and just draw us closer to you. We praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Luke chapter 9. He called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them out to preach God's kingdom and to heal the sick. He said to them, take nothing for your journey, no staffs, no wallet, nor bread, nor money. Don't have two coats each. Into whatever house you enter, stay there and depart from there. As many as don't receive you when you depart from that city, shake off even the dust from your feet for a testimony against them. They departed and went throughout the villages, preaching the good news and healing everywhere. Now Herod the Tetrarch heard of all that was done by him, and he was very perplexed because it was said by some that John had risen from the dead, and by some that Elijah had appeared, and by others that one of the old prophets had risen again. Herod said, I beheaded John, but who is this about whom I hear such things? He sought to see him. The apostles, when they had returned, told him the things they had done. He took them and withdrew apart to a desert region of a city called Bethsaida. But the multitudes, perceiving it, followed him. He welcomed them, spoke to them of God's kingdom, and he cured those needing healing. The day began to wear away, and the twelve came and said to him, Send the multitudes away, that they may go into the surrounding villages and farms and lodge and get food, for we are here in a deserted place. But he said to them, You give them something to eat. They said, We have no more than five loaves and two fish, unless we should go buy food for all these people, for they were about five thousand men. He said to his disciples, Make them sit down in groups of about fifty each. They did so, and made them all sit down, and took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to the sky, he blessed them, broke them, and gave them to the disciples to set before the multitude. They ate and were all filled. They gathered up twelve baskets of broken pieces that were left over. As he was praying alone, the disciples were with him. 
And he asked them, Who do the multitude say that I am? They answered, John the baptizer. But others say Elijah, and others that one of the old prophets has risen again. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered, The Christ of God. But he warned them and commanded them to tell this to no one, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and scribes, and be killed, and the third day be raised up. He said to all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever will lose his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits his own self? For whoever will be ashamed of me and of my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed. When he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels, but I tell you the truth, there are some of those who stand here who will in no way taste of death until they see God's kingdom. About eight days after these sayings, he took with him Peter, John, and James and went up into the mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face was altered and his clothing became white and dazzling. Behold, two men were talking with him who were Moses and Elijah who appeared in glory and spoke of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and those who were with him were heavy with sleep, but when they were fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. As they were parting from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let's make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. While he said these things, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were afraid as they entered into the cloud. A voice came out of the cloud, saying, This is my beloved son. Listen to him. When the voice came, Jesus was found alone. They were silent and told no one in those days any of the things which they had seen. On the next day, when they had come down from the mountain, a great multitude met him. Behold, a man from the crowd called out, saying, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son, for he's my only child. Behold, a spirit takes him, he suddenly cries out, and it convulses him so that he foams, and it hardly departs from him, bruising him severely. I begged your disciples to cast it out, and they couldn't. Jesus answered, Faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you and bear with you? Bring your son here. While he was still coming, the demon threw him down and convulsed him violently. But Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, healed the boy, and gave him back to his father. They were all astonished at the majesty of God. But while all were marveling at all the things which Jesus did, he said to his disciples, let these words sink into your ears, for the Son of Man will be delivered up into the hands of men. But they didn't understand this saying. It was concealed from them that they should not perceive it, and they were afraid to ask him about this saying. An argument arose among them about which of them was the greatest. 
Jesus, perceiving the reasoning of their hearts, took a little child and set him beside by his side and said to them, Whoever receives this little child in my name receives me. Whoever receives me receives him who sent me. For whoever is least among you all, this one will be great. John answered, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name and we forbade him because he doesn't follow with us. Jesus said to him, don't forbid him for he who is not against us is for us. It came to pass when the days were near that he should be taken up. He intently set his face to go to Jerusalem and sent messengers before his face. They went and entered into a village of the Samaritans so as to prepare for him. They didn't receive him because he was traveling with his face set toward Jerusalem. When his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from the sky and destroy them just as Elijah did? But he turned and rebuked them. You don't know of what kind of spirit you are, for the Son of Man didn't come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. They went to another village. As they went on the way, a certain man said to him, I want to follow you wherever you go, Lord. Jesus said to him, The foxes have no holes, and the birds of the sky have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, allow me first to go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead, but you go and announce God's kingdom. Another also said, I want to follow you, Lord, but first allow me to say goodbye to those who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for God's kingdom. Thank you so much for reading for us today. Will you please share with us your big takeaway from chapter nine? Chapter nine is so long. There really, it was packed. It was packed. But what my big takeaway was, was how many times people were so concerned with their own position and, and their own position before the Lord, their own position in the kingdom of God was after all, you know, the disciples are really concerned about, um, their position in heaven and their position in the kingdom of God. And then here they are in verse 46, an argument rose among them about which of them was the greatest. <laughs> and what did Jesus do? He took this little child and he put him on his lap and he said, whoever receives this little child in my name receives me. Whoever receives me receives him who sent me. And for whoever is least among you all, this one will be great. And so many times I feel like the least and, and that's okay. So many times I want to feel like the best. And then I'm reminded here that <laughs> it's better to be the least. And then you go on and they're then again, comparing themselves in verse 49, master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name and we forbade them because he doesn't follow with us. So Jesus said to him, don't forbid him for he who is not against us is for us. And I just hear the judgment from different church members about other church members who, you know, they're just, cause they're not, they don't worship exactly like we do. 
so we're not going to let them. Well, that has no place. You know, um, unless they are worshiping Satan, that's different, but he wasn't. He was doing the work of the disciples, but it, he just was in a different group. Amen. And so just both of those things together were like, okay, how much of what I do, how, I, I have to ask myself, how much of what I do in the name of the Lord is actually legalism? Hmm. How much of what I do is actually trying to make myself better in the sight of God when I can't do that? Jesus has already made me better than I can ever even try to make myself. Amen. So, what are you leaving with us, Sarah? What's your final thoughts? That big takeaway was pretty good. So what are you leaving with us to think about and ponder today? I guess I would say ponder your position in Christ and don't work for it. Be grateful for the position that he has already given you. You don't have to work for it. Just be grateful for it.